0: Hello and welcome. My name is Bridget, and I want to thank you for being here, and I also want to invite you to please head over to thetruthaboutliving.com, that is thetruthaboutliving.com, where you will find information about scheduling something that I specialize in, which is guided revision work for you, guided revision work, according to how Neville Goddard taught it. Now, it takes two to three sessions to go through the whole process, but the results are phenomenal. If you've ever felt like you've done revision work on your own, or you've struggled to do revision work on your own, finding a scene, pinpointing the right thing to revise, reworking the scene, going through it in your mind, looping it, feeling like you've you've done it all on your own and maybe having doubts about it. Working with me through this process removes all of that. We get really clear together and I guide you through the new imaginal scenes as well. So, take advantage of this. This is a beautiful thing you can do for yourself. The TheTruthAboutLiving.com is where you can find me or you can email me directly at Bridget at the truthaboutliving.com. My name is spelled B-R-I-D-G-E-T-T. At the com. Please enjoy the podcast. The Power of Awareness, Chapter Eighteen Be Ye Doers. Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continue therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. James 1, 22 through 25. The word in this quotation means idea, concept, or desire. You deceive yourself by, quote unquote, hearing only, when you expect your desire to be fulfilled through mere wishful thinking. Your desire is what you want to be, and looking at yourself in a glass is seeing yourself in imagination as that person. Forgetting what manner of man you are is failing to persist in your assumption. The perfect law of liberty is the law which makes possible liberation from limitation, that is, the law of assumption. To continue in the perfect law of liberty is to persist in the assumption that your desire is already fulfilled. You are not a forgetful hearer when you keep the feeling of your wish fulfilled constantly alive in your consciousness. This makes you a doer of the work and you are blessed in your deed by the inevitable realization of your desire. You must be doers of the law of assumption for without it, the most profound understanding will not produce any desired result. Frequent reiteration is and repetition of important basic truths run through these pages. Where the law of assumption is concerned, the law that sets man free, this is a good thing. It should be made clear again and again, even at the risk of repetition. The real truth seeker will welcome this aid in concentrating his attention upon the law which sets him free. The parable of the master's condemnation of the servant who neglected to use the talent given him is clear and unmistakable. Having discovered within yourself the key to the treasure house, you should be like the good servant who, by wise use, multiplied by many times the talents entrusted to him. The talent entrusted to you is the power to consciously determine your assumption. The talent not used, like the limb not exercised, withers and finally atrophies. What you must strive after is being. In order to do, it is necessary to be. The end of yearning is to be. Your concept of yourself can only be driven out of consciousness by another concept of yourself. By creating an ideal in your mind, you can identify yourself with it until you become one and the same with the ideal, thereby transforming yourself into it. The dynamic prevails over the static, the active over the passive. One who is a doer is magnetic and therefore infinitely more creative than any who merely hear. Be among the doers. Chapter 19 Essentials The essential points and the successful use of the Law of Assumption are these. First and above all, yearning, longing, intense burning desire. With all your heart, you must want to be different from what you are. Intense burning desire combined with intention to make good is the main spring of action, the beginning of all successful ventures. In every great passion which achieves its objective, desire is concentrated and intentioned. You must first desire and then intend to succeed. As the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Here, the soul is interpreted as the sum total of all you believe, think, feel, and accept as true. In other words, your present level of awareness God, I am, the power of awareness, the source and fulfillment of all desires, understood psychologically. I am an infinite series of levels of awareness, and I am what I am according to where I am in the series. This quotation describes how your present level of awareness longs to transcend itself. Righteousness is the consciousness of already being what you want to be. Second, cultivate physical immobility, a physical incapacity not unlike the state described by Keats in his Ode to a Nightingale. A drowsy numbness pains my senses, as though of hemlock I had drunk. It is a state akin to sleep, but one in which you are still control of the direction of attention. You must learn to induce this state at will. But experience has taught that it is more easily induced after a substantial meal or when you wake in the morning, feeling very loath to arise. Then you are naturally disposed to enter the state. The value of physical immobility shows itself and the accumulation of mental force which absolute stillness brings with it it increases your power of concentration be still and know that i am god in fact the greater energies of the mind seldom break forth save when the body is stilled and the door of the senses closed to the objective world The third and last thing to do is to experience in your imagination what you would experience in reality had you achieved your goal. You must gain it in imagination first for imagination is the very door to the reality of that which you seek. But use imagination masterfully and not as an onlooker thinking of the end but as a partaker thinking from the end. Imagine that you possess a quality or something you desire which hitherto has not been yours. Surrender yourself completely to this feeling until your whole being is possessed by it. This state differs from reverie in this respect. It is the result of a controlled imagination and a steadied concentrated attention whereas reverie is the result of an uncontrolled imagination, usually just a daydream. In the controlled state, a minimum of effort suffices to keep your consciousness filled with the feeling of the wish fulfilled. The physical and mental immobility of this state is a powerful aid to voluntary attention and a major factor of minimum effort the application of these three points 1. Desire 2. Physical immobility 3. The assumption of the wish already fulfilled is the way to at one moment, at one moment, or union with your objective. The first point is thinking of the end with intention to realize it. The third point is thinking from the end with the feeling of accomplishment. The secret of thinking from the end is to enjoy being it. The minute you make it pleasurable and imagine that you are it, you start thinking from the end. One of the most prevalent misunderstandings is that this law works only for those having a devout or religious objective. This is a fallacy. It works just as impersonally as the law of electricity works. It can be used for greedy, selfish purposes, as well as noble ones. But it should always be borne in mind that ignoble thoughts and actions inevitably result in unhappy consequences. Chapter 20 Righteousness. In the preceding chapter, righteousness was defined as the consciousness of already being what you want to be. This is the true psychological meaning and obviously does not refer to adherence to moral codes, civil law, or religious precepts. You cannot attach too much importance to being righteous. In fact, The entire Bible is permeated with admonition and exhortations on this subject. Break off thy sins by righteousness, Daniel 4.27. My righteousness I hold fast and will not let it go. My righteousness I hold fast and will not let it go. My heart shall not reproach me so long as I live, Job 27, 6. My righteousness shall answer for me in time to come, Genesis thirty thirty three. Very often, the words sin and righteousness are used in the same quotation. This is a logical contrast of opposites and becomes enormously significant in the light of the psychological meaning of righteousness and the psychological meaning of sin. Sin means to miss the mark, not to attain your desire, not to be the person you want to be is sinning. Righteousness is the consciousness of already being what you want to be. It is a changeless, educative law that effects must-follow causes. Only by righteousness can you be saved from sinning. There is a widespread misunderstanding as to what it means to be saved from sin. The following example will suffice to demonstrate this misunderstanding and to establish the truth. A person living in abject poverty may believe that by means of some religious or philosophical activity, he can be saved from sin and his life improved as a result. If, however, he continues to live in the same state of poverty, it is obvious that what he believed was not the truth, and in fact, he was not saved. On the other hand, he can be saved by righteousness. The successful use of the Law of Assumption would have the inevitable result of an actual change in his life. He would no longer live in poverty. He would no longer miss the mark. He would be saved from sin. Except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, ye shall in no case enter the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 5.20 Scribes and Pharisees means those who are influenced and governed by the outer appearances, the rules and customs of the society in which they live, the vain desire to be thought well of by other men. Unless this state of mind is exceeded, your life will be one of limitation, of failure to attain your desires, of missing the mark, of sin. This righteousness is exceeded by true righteousness, which is always the consciousness of already being that which you want to be. One of the greatest pitfalls in attempting to use the law of assumption is focusing your attention on things, a new home, a better job, a bigger bank balance. This is not the righteousness without which you die in your sins. Righteousness is not the thing itself; it is the consciousness, the feeling of already being the person you want to be, of already having the thing you desire. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Matthew, six thirty-three. The kingdom entire creation of God, your I am, is within you. The kingdom of God is within you. Righteousness is the awareness that you already possess it all. Chapter 21 Free Will The question is often asked, what should be done between the assumption of the wish fulfilled and its realization? Nothing. It is a delusion that other than assuming the feeling of your wish fulfilled, you can do anything to aid the realization of your desire. You think that you can do something, you want to do something, but actually you can do nothing. The illusion of the free will to do is but ignorance of the law of assumption upon which all action is based. Everything happens automatically. All that befalls you, all that is done by you, happens. Your assumptions, conscious or unconscious, direct all thought and action to their fulfillment. I'm going to read that section again. The beginning of chapter 21, Free Will. The question is often asked, what should be done between the assumption of the wish fulfilled and its realization? Nothing. It is a delusion that, other than assuming the feeling of the wish fulfilled, You can do anything to aid the realization of your desire. You think that you can do something. You want to do something. But actually, you can do nothing. The illusion of the free will to do is but ignorance of the law of assumption upon which all action is based. Everything happens automatically. All that befalls you All that is done by you happens. Your assumptions, conscious or unconscious, direct all thought and action to their fulfillment. To understand the law of assumption, to be convinced of its truth, means getting rid of all the illusions about free will to act. Free will actually means freedom to select any idea you desire. By assuming the idea already to be a fact, it is converted into reality. Beyond that, free will ends, and everything happens in harmony with the concept assumed. I can of mine own self do nothing, because I seek not mine own will, but the will of the Father which hath sent me. In this quotation, the Father obviously refers to God. In an earlier chapter, God is defined as I am. Since creation is finished, the Father is never in a position of saying, I will be. In other words, everything exists, and the infinite I am consciousness can speak only in the present tense. Not my will, but thine be done. I will be is a confession that I am not. The Father's will is always I am. Until you realize that you are the Father, there is only one I am, and your infinite self is that I am, your will is always I will be. In the law of assumption, your consciousness of being is the Father's will. The mere wish without this consciousness is the my will. This great quotation, so little understood, is a perfect statement of the law of assumption. It is impossible to do anything, you must be in order to do. If you had a different concept of yourself, everything would be different. You are what you are, so everything is as it is. The events which you observe are determined by the concept you have of yourself. If you change your concept of yourself, the events ahead of you in time are altered, but thus altered they form again a deterministic sequence starting from the moment of this changed concept. You are a being with powers of intervention, which enable you by a change of consciousness to alter the course of observed events, in fact, to change your future. Deny the evidence of the senses and assume the feeling of the wish fulfilled. Inasmuch as your assumption is creative and forms an atmosphere, your assumption, if it be a noble one, increases your assurance and helps you to reach a higher level of being. If, on the other hand, your assumption be an unlovely one, it hinders you and makes your downward way swifter. Just as the lovely assumptions create a harmonious atmosphere, so the hard and bitter feelings create a hard and bitter atmosphere. Whatsoever things are pure, just, lovely, of good report, think on these things. This means to make your assumptions the highest, noblest, happiest concepts. There is no better time to start than now. The present moment is always the most opportune in which to eliminate all unlovely assumptions and to concentrate only on the good. As well as yourself, claim for others their divine inheritance. See only their good and the good in them. Stir the highest in others to confidence and self-assertion by your sincere assumption of their good, and you will be their prophet and their healer, for an inevitable fulfillment awaits all sustained assumptions. You win by assumption what you can never win by force. An assumption is a certain motion of consciousness. This motion, like all motion, exercises an influence on the surrounding substance, causing it to take the shape of, echo, and reflect the assumption. A change of fortune is a new direction and outlook, merely a change in arrangement of the same mind substance, consciousness. If you would change your life, you must begin at the very source with your own basic concept of self. Outer change, becoming part of organizations, political bodies, religious bodies, is not enough. The cause goes deeper. The essential change must take place in yourself, in your own concept of self. You must assume. That you are what you want to be and continue therein, for the reality of your assumption has its being in complete independence of objective fact and will clothe itself in flesh if you persist in the feeling of the wish fulfilled. When you know that assumptions, if persisted in, harden into facts, then events which seem to the uninitiated mere accidents will be understood by you To be the logical and inevitable effects of your assumption. The important thing to bear in mind is that you have infinite free will in choosing your assumptions, but no power to determine conditions and events. You can create nothing, but your assumption determines what portion of creation you will experience. Chapter 22 Persistence. And he said unto them, Which of you shall have a friend, and shall go unto him at midnight, and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves? For a friend of mine in his journey is come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not, the door is now shut and my children are with me in bed, I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him, because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. And I say unto you, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Luke eleven five through nine there are three principal characters in this quotation: you and the two friends mentioned the first friend is a desired state of consciousness. The second friend is a desire seeking fulfillment. three is the symbol of wholeness completion lobes. Symbolize substance. The shut door symbolizes the senses, which separate the seen from the unseen. Children in bed means ideas that are dormant. Inability to rise means a desired state of consciousness cannot rise to you, you must rise to it. Importunity means demanding persistency, a kind of brazen impudence. Ask, seek, and knock mean assuming the consciousness of already having what you desire. Thus, the scriptures tell you that you must persist in rising to assuming the consciousness of your wish already being fulfilled. The promise is definite that if you are shameless in your impudence and assuming that you already have that which your senses deny, it shall be given unto you. Your desire shall be attained. The Bible teaches the necessity of persistence by the use of many stories. When Jacob sought a blessing from the angel with whom he wrestled, he said, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. When the Shunammite sought the help of Elijah, she said, As the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. And he arose and followed her. The same idea is expressed in another passage. And he spake a parable unto them that men ought always to pray and not to faint, saying, Luke 18, 1 through 5 The basic truth underlying each of these stories is that desire springs from the awareness of ultimate attainment and that persistence in maintaining the consciousness of the desire already being fulfilled results in its fulfillment. It is not enough to feel yourself into the state of the answered prayer. You must persist in that state. That is the reason for the injunction. Man ought always to pray and not to faint. Here, to pray means to give thanks for already having what you desire. Only persistency in the assumption of the wish fulfilled can cause those subtle changes in your mind which result in the desired change in your life. It matters not whether they be angels Elisha, or reluctant judges all must respond in harmony with your persistent assumption. When it appears that people other than yourself and your world do not act toward you as you would like, it is not due to reluctance on their part, but a lack of persistence in your assumption of your life already being as you want it to be. Your assumption to be effective, cannot be a single isolated event. It must be a maintained attitude of the wish fulfilled. And that maintained attitude that gets you there so that you think from your wish fulfilled instead of thinking about your wish fulfilled is aided by assuming the feeling of the wish fulfilled frequently. It is the frequency, not the length of time, that makes it natural. That to which you constantly return constitutes your truest self. Frequent occupancy of the feeling of the wish fulfilled is the secret of success. Again, it is the frequency, not the length of time that makes it natural. That to which you constantly return constitutes your truest self. Frequent occupancy of the feeling of the wish fulfilled is the secret of success. This completes the book, The Power of Awareness by Neville Goddard. Look for Case Histories on the next podcast episode. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. To inquire about guided revision sessions, please email me at Bridget at the truthaboutliving.com. That's Bridget spelled B-R-I-D-G-E-T-T at the truthaboutliving.com. And I will lovingly and expertly guide you through your own revision process. Talk soon.